Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn Me Podcast with your host, Khalif Adams. I am your host, Khalif Adams. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Uh, this show is a little bit later in the week, uh, as opposed to our usual Monday drop, because... I wanted to get you all ready for a conversation that we weren't able to talk about yet until the embargo was up, which should be happening today. And it is all about the amazing game Redfall that I had a chance to go play over in L.A. a couple weeks ago. I was flown down by the team from Arcane. Uh, to come check out the game a little bit early and if you go to our youtube channel right now you can go check out a really dope interview with the creative director ricardo bayer that we had during the show and and, and a part of uh the the play test that we had there that little early peek at, at things right there uh we'll also be putting that up in audio form too uh so make sure you go check that out on the podcast platform and on the podcast feed as well um i'm having a pretty good week uh, i was I had a really bl- a really good time with my work team uh this week i was up in seattle uh with the team uh and and making some dope things happen on that side of the fence came home had some really nice uh time with my wife and hang out with her and then you know as you listen to this show right now i am in san francisco at gdc game developers conference uh talking to a whole bunch of folks and hanging out with some folks trying to get some more love for Chicago and more love to spawn on me and more love to the spawny so you'll be seeing some stuff here and there uh while i am in la i'm sorry in san francisco this week uh doing some cool things with all the folks out there so very excited about that uh that's going to be really fun and, and, and interesting and cool uh it's just going to be really really busy um and and you know it's going to be a long uh, rest of March, uh, going into April, but really excited for a bunch of that. Um, I want to talk about Redfall. I, I, you know, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Diablo four, which, which just, uh, had its open beta drop. Um, I just finished the, uh, call of duty raid, the second version of the raid. Uh, so lots of good stuff to talk about. Um, Redfall, Redfall is a really, really interesting game you know you go into that knowing the pedigree that arcane brings to the table you know them having this mashup with uh you know the usual flavor that you come come to an arcade arcane game with in terms of you know do whatever you want gameplay you know stealthy gameplay uh you know really tight shooting tight gunplay as well um and, and, you know, I, I was a little bit skeptical going into, you know, this this behind the scenes look at the game. I, th- I thought the, the, the stuff that was shown in the videos prior to me getting a chance to have some some hands on with it, I wasn't as excited as I had wanted to. I remember seeing it, you know, uh, at Summer Games Fest. Uh, a little bit earlier in last year and seeing all the kind of videos they put out and that stuff. And I was like, hmm, this game feels a little bit slow. It doesn't feel as snappy as I would think an arcane game would be. Um, The gunplay stuff looks interesting, but it doesn't really kind of come together in the way that I had hoped. Um, And, and, you know, I got 
flown down and, and went to L.A. to go meet the team and got my hands on the sticks. And I have to say, they walked us through this really cool presentation where they talked about, you know, the 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 setting of Redfall, the uh, the classes and the characters that are in that game that, that, that bring something very special to it. You know, some of the mechanics of the world. Um, and I and I came away after I got a chance to play it, and I was really, really impressed with it, um, and really excited about what Redfall is going to bring to the table in a way that I just wasn't before. So it was really cool to be, you know, excited in a way that really pulled that conversation to the forefront and said, you know, if you give this game some time and you know, you you check it out in kind of its fullest capacity. You have a lot of things to dig into. So um, it's an open world shooter that's co-op and you can play it solo. We played it during a solo session, uh, so we did not play co-op. Um, and I was actually happy we played it in single player mode because I think that was, to me, going to be the thing that made me you know, kind of on the fence or off the fence when it came to it. And, you know, I, as a person who often doesn't get a chance to play a lot of stuff co-op because I don't have any friends, um, it, it made it a lot easier to feel like, oh, this is going to be a thing that I'm going to spend some time with. And then if I get a chance to play with other people, then that's going to be like the full complement of what this game can be in a much bigger way, which was which is super exciting. Um, so they drop you in, you land on the on the island of Redfall. Uh, they, they give you a little bit of background story of why it's on an island and why why you can't get off that island. Um, but what's cool is like the setting is super dynamic, where you know the vampires are all around they have these other factions of of enemies too that are called cultists who are folks who are kind of worshiping the vampires um and you and you get dropped in and i and i picked the class that had the uh basically it has this stake and this stake that you'd put on the ground chains lightning between uh, the vampires or the enemies that you put it in front of. So it's really cool because you get to you get a chance to have some area effect stuff happening uh, in the game. And it gives you the space to kind of like really think about how you're going to tactically take on a fight. So I get dropped in. I roll around. I check out the, the menus, go through all that. Um, and the first thing you notice is just how pretty the game is. The game is really, really pretty. Like they did a good job on the art direction for this game in a way that I thought was really, really cool. We talk about this in the interview is that the, even the vampire feel is different in this game where, you know, they don't do the kind of like Bram Stoker's Dracula version of it. It feels more like Lost Boys in a certain way. And all it's like a weird, it's like an interesting mix up of like Daywalkers from the Blade series and Lost Boys, where you have this really slinky kind of uh, feel for the vampires. They're not, they're kind of like gliding across the world and where they are. And depending upon what part of the, the day cycle you're in, some of them can be just sleeping, hanging out. They have the ability to kind of walk around um, even when there is some daylight. Uh, but their behaviors are a little bit different within that within that conversation, which is super, super cool. Um, so I go in, I go get my guns, I get a couple of weapons, and I also like that there's a multitude of weapons, too, across a couple of different classes. So I had an assault rifle, a pistol, um, I had a shotgun, um, 
and then I also had uh, like a UV gun. Uh, so you're basically shooting a huge beam of UV light at the vampires that petrifies the zomb- uh, the, the vampires. So that way you can go in for the kill. And the way that you kill all the, the vampires in this game is you can shoot them and stun them. But you can't kill them with bullets. So you have to go in and if your weapon has a stake on the end of it, you finish them off with the stake at the end of those firefights where they get kind of knocked down and into a stunned state. Which I thought was a really interesting and smart play on the kind of mythos of vampires and how you would tackle those kinds of fights so that was really fun and interesting and smart i like that a lot that was super cool um and also there's like variants and variations of weapons that have different layers of rarity so there is a layer of kind of loot drop stuff happening within the game too so you can find really good loot and and hold on to those for 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 classes that you like and for guns that you like um And it felt really smart in the way that the pacing worked. So remember when I was saying that I felt the game was a little bit slow? I actually now, having had some time to think about it, prefer the slower style of gameplay in this game as opposed to what I was initially hoping for, which is going to be kind of more Left 4 Dead speed. And this is a lot slower, but I don't think it uh, holds you back from... Um, being able to tackle fights in a way that you want. I think what happens is you think a lot more before you go into a fight uh, because you're dealing with rank and file vampires. You're dealing with these specialized vampires that are super interesting. So, you know, there was one that if you would think about, you know, security cameras, there was a vampire that basically acted like that. So you would see this real long beam of light from the vampire's eyes who was perched up in a tree. And if that uh, vampire saw you and, you know, put its gaze upon you for a couple of seconds, it would shoot like this, like laser beam at you. Uh, and it would do a crazy amount of damage. It would do like super, super wild damage on on, on you uh, in your body. So it was kind of nuts because it was like, oh man, so these certain ones, like they do this very different kind of damage as opposed to the other ones that kind of hack and slash at you, uh, which was also cool. Uh, there were other couple of, of vampires too. There was one that basically siphons your blood from you so it like rolls through and like saps you and takes some of your blood um and takes your health away uh then there is the other big baddie that we're going to talk about in a second um and it and it felt really cool like i i came away from that game and at least the initial parts of the gameplay and said, wow, like this is going to be a thing that is going to be a lot of fun to dig into in in a much bigger and broader perspective. I think I'm really hyped to get into this and do more uh, more playing in co-op uh, because there's a, a, a thing that I really liked about what they're thinking about from Arcane's perspective in terms of co-op that was, was uh, something that... Uh, you see in other games in terms of like how far you can be away from each other before the game kind of snatches you up. And I like the fact that this game doesn't do that, but what it does instead is it says, if you stick together, you'll get a team based buff. But if you don't, you're, you're kind of at a disadvantage. If you, you can go wherever you want, but you'll be at a disadvantage because you won't get that buff. 
and if someone needs to come get you and res you and you find yourself in trouble, then then you're just out of the mix for for all of those fights. So it winds up being something where you have to pay attention to how you're tackling those moments and how you're kind of sticking with the team. Or if you do go out on your own, how you're paying attention to to some of that stuff. The other part that I really liked about my time with Redfall was the world feels really lived in. I love the aesthetic that they're going for. It feels like um, it felt like Ghostbusters Afterlife in a weird way. So if you remember the town that 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 the Ghostbusters wound up finding themselves in uh, or, you know, the young Ghostbusters found themselves in, it has that kind of kitsch to it, which I thought was super cool. Uh, and it feels like the combinations not only of vampires, cultists, and other specialized vampires really will keep you on your toes in a real way. I think the 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 tech tree and the, and the skills tree brought together a lot of interesting uh, layers of the game that I didn't didn't really pay attention to before. I thought that that was also very very cool. Uh, the the ways that you can tackle a fight are really leaning into what arcane does really well which is you know if you want to go and 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 go into a a cave and you know snipe everybody out or you want to go in stealthily and 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 work your way through that way you can do that as well you can go in guns blazing you can do it that way it really felt like the options for what you want to potentially do are really up to you you can do kind of whatever you want i do want to see what the synergies are going to look like when you do have multiple players in the game so one my character basically had the staff that i talked about where you throw it down and lightning chains it there's one other character that has a robot companion uh that goes around and can take aggro from you and and move around the map and and do that while it's in a fight so you can take aggro, you can put bombs on it and send it into a fight and, and it'll explode uh, and kill a whole bunch of, of I keep saying zombies, uh, kill a bunch of vampires there. One of the other characters, the, the, the black female character who everyone was super excited about, uh, she basically has like a teleporter jump. So uh, you can get onto high ground with her uh, and also has a... Uh, uh, umbrella shield that she holds in front of her to kind of block bullets and, and, t- and take some of the aggro there. There's another one that has a vampire boyfriend. Uh, so her boyfriend was was bitten by a vampire and he has stayed around and basically is now her familiar um, and goes out and will, and will uh, hurt enemies on her behalf. Uh, and then there's another one where you can have this crow and this crow goes out is basically like a, a a radar ping so it pings all the enemies that it can see in its flight path and then you get this uh you can summon a shot uh, a sniper rifle while you're cloaked and shoot uh, enemies out of the way a lot of dynamics in there uh, a lot of different ways that you can tackle a fight and, and, and play in that way i just left from there really wanting more time to play it and was like oh man this is going to be super cool when this goes out into the market it will have full cross play plus it'll be on game pass so there's no real excuse for you not check it out and i want to see how the community comes to this game like from a story perspective there wasn't a lot to to dig into in the initial um play session that we had because they weren't you know it wasn't really talking a lot like the characters didn't say a lot um 
but it feels like there might be some really interesting and fun layers to to the story too um there was one other mechanic that i thought was really really was really dope which was uh they have these nests in the game and basically there's a you know the more you mess around with the vampires in on the on the island the more you kill them the more you do any of that work you set off this this basically bar and this bar continues to go up the more damage you do to vampires if you get that bar all the way up there's this new baddie that comes out and it's called the rook the rook is super big like it's like a big super muscular vampire that bum rushes you and has, does a ton of damage and will fight you and roll through and it's it's a it's a really hard fight. I, I I played against it. I did not beat it, but it felt cool because it was like another dynamic thing that will pop up in the world that you can go fight or you can not fight. And if you do beat it, you get some good rewards. And if you finish one of those nests, you get some some good rewards too. And that kind of resets the the area around that space. So sometimes you'll have uh like uh like a world encounter that will kind of bump up against uh you being near a nest so you'll have like some combinations of fights that will happen in those spaces too it was really really cool i i, I came away from 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 my time with it again really impressed with what what they're trying to do and, and really excited for what the full game is going to wind up bringing so very very excited about that again go check out our full interview with ricardo bear who is the creative director on redfall it's on youtube right now uh, it went up earlier today so go check that out uh and let us know how you felt and if you don't want to go watch the video definitely go check out the the audio version of it on the podcast feeds as well because we'll be dropping that on the same day as well so uh go check that out and, and definitely have some fun with it um what else has been going on i have been playing a couple of dope games as well there's been a lot of stuff uh in the past couple of weeks that'll come up and 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 you know what let's 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 talk about it let's dig into it uh and do a little bit of what we've been playing I've been playing a game that we have all been super excited for, which is Diablo 4. Diablo 4 uh, had their open beta this week, and at least this weekend, it'll have more in the next in the next weekend, I believe, as well. Um, as a person who is not a huge uh, Diablo fan, but likes those kinds of games and played a, a couple of different versions of them, man, this game is good. This is a very good game. This is going to be the thing that is going to drive an unreasonable amount of of play sessions for me and for so many other folks. Like I, I, I was worried that I was not going to really vibe vibe with it, but after spending some time playing with it, it's it's Diablo. It's Diablo in all the best ways, which I think is. Not, that's what you really, really, really want. That's what you're really asking for. Is like I want it to feel good. I want to fight a bunch of mobs. I want to fight through a ridiculous amount of enemies all the time. I want to feel powerful. I want to get my skills up to a place where I can kind of auto fight my way through all of those things. And and I have to say, it just looks good, feels good, and is very, very good so far. I am tripping on just how well that thing played of course 
you know, everybody and Mama tried to get in at the same time, so the queue was unreasonable and stupid. Uh, I think the first queue that I tried was like an hour and a half to get in. Um, but once I did get in, and, and you know, now if you're playing right now, uh, it, it feels really good and, and feels feels like you can get in pretty instantaneously. But it, it, it just did all those things that I feel were necessary to kind of bring Diablo back. Uh, and again, Lilith as the the main baddie in that story is really compelling and interesting from a character perspective. I think I always struggle a little bit with games like this because I never really feel like the story is going to be a thing that I care about. But all these little side stories happening here and there, and all these kind of you know intimate um, exchanges between characters, you know, with you as your character. I played as the rogue character, and, and currently, you know. I might not change off of Rogue when it comes back there. You know, I want to I want to check out what the Druid is going to do whenever we get a chance to play that. But for the most part, that 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 Rogue character feels super dope. Like I was rolling through and I was playing. I was like, oh, man, this is so good. I'm just wrecking stuff. And then you're getting your combos together and you're getting the moves together that feel really comprehensive. And they feel like they're 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 synergizing well and they're and they're able to tackle stuff in the way you want. And man that thing is good like it just felt extremely fun to just roll through and beat the hell out of everything that came your way i was real hyped to be able to do more of that um so diablo definitely can't wait for that to drop very excited for that to land where it's going to land and and be really excited about that um uh what else have i been playing i played a little actually a really surprising thing uh this week was um you know as a big big huge sports fan um i'm always looking for uh you know a new sports game to play and you know nhl 23 dropped a couple weeks ago no actually months ago um and i was happily surprised to jump into that game and see just how good that game felt um and and the thing you know me as a person who doesn't know a a lick about um hockey in a real way not the minutiae of hockey in the way that it plays um but what i came away from from all of it was was thinking about the presentation in that game the presentation in uh, NHL 23 is actually some of the best presentation and polish I've seen in a sports game in a very, very, very long time. I mean, they do all the small things that make that game really cool just to look at their overlays, the way they've done the graphics that play over the, the 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 ice, all those small things, the sound of Madison Square Garden when you score a goal as the Rangers and you hear the chant that they do in a real game. They've done such a really good job of pulling all those small pieces together that makes me think like everybody else needs to step their game up in a real big way i am surprised that the hockey game is the game that has all of the like polish and goodness for for what i want to see in an nba 2k or in a game like 
uh, Madden, which again is under the EA umbrella and doesn't feel like it gets any love in the same way that hockey did. Or, you know, I think right now, if I were to rank the games in terms of their pretty in presentation would be NHL 23, MLB The Show, then 2K, right? Um, and, and it was just a, a thing to kind of reflect on this week. I was like, oh man, like from when people keep talking about like what's a next gen thing that you want to see happen, I think presentation is a big part of that. I think from a nuts and bolts perspective, what's a, from like a under the hood kind of thing of like, we have these really high end machines that we can use to play uh, all of the games that we, that we do play. And it feels like, you know, we keep thinking about present, uh, we keep thinking about fidelity in that way as being the thing that we, that we initially kind of poke at. But for me, I'm like, man, I can't front. It would be really, really cool to see these games really do something special when it comes to presentation, when it comes to, you know, the small things that matter when it comes to games kind of being that fullest version of what the what, what it can be. And I'm like, man, it would be so cool to see games step up in those ways on that visual layer because we have all these different ways that we can pull in data, we can pull in graphics, we can pull in all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, it would be so dope to be able to figure out a way to make games look cooler in that way, especially on the uh, on the uh, presentation side. I remember, again, NFL 2K uh, was the uh, 2K5, I'm sorry, uh, was still the standard for so many years after that game. Uh, you know, came out where people were like, man, this is the game that I expected to continue to kind of move that, that conversation forward. And it kind of just went away. Like it kind of felt like a lot of companies just didn't continue to put all that version of effort into the presentation layers of the game. So I, I want that to be a thing that hopefully we see again. Um, I think t- uh, NHL 23 really does make me long for, more uh care being given to the presentation in our sports games i think there are just so many fun and interesting things that we can do now and we're seeing you know we saw a couple years ago the the kind of um inspiration from video games make itself into sports where now they have those really high-end cameras with crazy bokeh wild depth of depth of uh, um depth of uh, why can't I think of it? Depth of field. Uh, when you're seeing things like that. Uh, and that came from the video game space. Like that was a thing that was in games before it was on the field. Um, and that now has translated itself to uh, the games that we're seeing now. Um, so I, I want that to be a thing that, that winds up coming back if possible. Uh, because it just felt really cool. It was really interesting and, and, and dope to be able to see it. So that was the thing that, uh, that had in the back of my mind this week that I was thinking about a ton. Um, what else is in the mix? Played the Call of Duty raid, the second raid. Uh, if you played the first one, you know how hectic and wild that was. The second version of the raid uh, you know, doubles down on some of the story bits that, that they had kind of gone through. And I really do like the way that they are pulling that whole package together. It is honestly a little bit cooler than I think of most raid, most raids in games now where 
the emphasis is on puzzles or the emphasis is on you know throwing a bunch of enemies at you or some of that stuff and, and this raid does that too but i think it does it in a smart way while also wrapping the continuation of that story that they're building around it in a nice way like they do a really cool recap of what you did in the previous raid in the beginning of this of the new run they also do a really fun uh thing in terms of you know in terms of the mechanics of this particular raid where it is a little bit of a bucket brigade where you're doing some some cool stuff there so you know i think the rewards are bad though like for a a mode that is this hard it is difficult to give you something that makes a lot of sense in a game like this like the thing you want is a really cool weapon or a really cool skin and you do get that, but it also doesn't feel as interesting or cool or, or rewarding as it possibly could. Like, I want you to be able to go into the raid and get a skin and a really dope weapon that nobody else has. And when you go out into the field and somebody picks up that weapon, they're like, oh, crap, this is what you got. Wow. Like, that's rad. I want that to be what it is. And it's not that. You get another skin for one of your operators and you have to go in on the veteran levels to get the the new weapon blueprints and things like that which i also you know you can't even see what it looks like they don't even show you what the the, the blueprint looks like in game like you can't see what the rewards look like in a real way so that also makes it a little bit kind of crappy but i do think the time that i had with it is really fun it, it's a little bit of jumping puzzle a little bit of bucket brigade tons of enemies that are that are hard but not as hard as the first part of the raid we had to do like a lot of keeping your head on the swivel to make sure that you weren't getting shot and stuff this raid was a little bit easier which which is a little bit sad but i think in terms of the full parts of the game uh, and what that game can be it was it was a really fun uh raid to kind of roll through and, and play around and, and get in there it was also you know, playing a lot of DMZ this week, and I wrote about this on my Twitter, but it was also just, like, amazingly wild to see just how casual racists will be when they see you have a black a black skin on. Uh, I, I play the character called Hutch in the game. Huge black man. Looks a little bit like me. Big shoulders. Big, big, big body man. Um, and the people who I ran into on, on in randoms are just like, so we'll say any and everything and, and it's a, a connection not only to kind of racist language and racist ideology and racist thought and stereotyping but also like there's a wild connection between what those white players think about blackness and its connection to other kinds of violence like you know trigger warning oftentimes when i'm playing as that black character people will say things in a lobby that's like oh well those like especially if you run in a in a group where there's more than one uh character using a black skin or person use a a, a black character skin people will often say things like oh well those dudes are going to be coming through and raping people oh those people are going to be definitely doing some crime stuff oh these folks are gonna like it would it would be like this really wild connection to stuff that one has nothing to do with anything that you can do in game and two like this idea that you are inherently violent 
as a black person and as by proxy a black character is just a really weird thing and it tells you just how insidious racism is right and how insidious it is to see people think about and talk about blackness in connection to all of these terrible evil things that human beings do of all stripes and all colors and all creeds but it feels like oh if you have a black character in the game people will attribute those things directly to that to that character instantly in a way that they don't do with anybody else like yes there's a ton of anti-arab hate in a lot of the games because of the game having multiple characters who are who are from arab backgrounds and but even within those there's a different flavor of stereotyping that goes along with that that is very specific to black folks like oftentimes they will talk about arab characters as ones that will blow you up right because of suicide bombs and and all those kinds of things but they will talk about black characters in ways that make them sound like predators in a way that is very different um so that was a really wild thing to kind of like pull through this week as as a player in the world and as a person who's trying to enjoy video games while having to you know while playing with random people because you know some of those modes you just can't play by yourself so it doesn't make sense to play those by yourself but it's a very interesting thing to kind of call back to uh, in terms of things that we as a video game playing community have to squash and talk talk about and 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 find people that we need to kind of like tamp that down in a real tangible way um so so i don't know i, I don't know how we fix that again i don't know how we you know I, I don't feel like i need to go back to not playing with randoms because of the incessant racism that we see in gaming culture i shouldn't have to be the one that has to leave nor do I have to feel like I need to continuously police everyone. But also the safest way to do that is to just not play with random people and just play with their friends. But also when you don't have friends to play with or you don't have people to play with online, then that just makes that whole thing harder. Um, so I think that's the thing that we should all reflect on and think about and continue to do the work together to kind of stamp out racism when we see it and, and stamp out you know grossness in those ways when we get it when we hear it in our in our game spaces and and you know think about that in a real way uh when you're playing those games and being in those spaces with those other people think about that in a real way and, and make sure you're you know paying attention to the energy in in the room um last story for tonight is um a really sad one uh we lost lance riddick voice of zavala in destiny uh, I forgot his name in Hori in the Horizon uh, series. Uh, also, very well known from The Wire. I'm sorry, from John Wick. Um, uh, John Riddick was was a really dope dude. I, I I don't really have any personal stories to share. I sadly, never got a chance to interview him. Uh, was dying to get him on the show at some point to talk to him about his life and his. You know his his compassion for the world because i would watch you know him on social and and see him rail against you know trump or you know uh right wing ideology and the gop and it was always nice to be able to feel like there was another person in the fight alongside us who understood video games and understood you know what it was like to be you know either a liberal or progressive and see all the things that are going around in the world and say like i hate that as a, as a celebrity but he died at the age of 60 
and I, you know, I don't know what the, the cause of death was, but it was very, very sudden. Uh, I remember seeing him online just a couple days ago, you know, sharing some words that he had tweeted or shared a video that he had, and he was tweeting, talking about, you know, just normal stuff that's happening in the world. And it reminds us and remind, and especially black men out here who, you know, have a, a multitude of, of, of potential health issues that we can come across as, as black folks in the, on the planet. And it just is really sad to see, you know, his wife now, you know, you know, tell people, you know, about the goodness of his life and, you know, her ask people to donate to, to momcares.com to, to kind of spread the, the, the word about the goodness of his life. But now she's a widow. And, and now there are so many people who will, will not have Lance's amazing performances to, 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 to see the new ones that will come up in, in the world. You know, there were a couple of movies that were in the can already that, you know, we'll see soon. But, you know, it's a huge blow to, to all of the video game spaces into the world to lose someone so young, so talented, who is brilliant at everything he did with such an iconic voice. And, and it just makes me super sad. So the only thing I'll say before we end out of our show this week is please go take care of yourselves. Please, if you find anything that gives you pause or, or has you thinking about, you know, going to the doctor, just go. You know, if you can afford it, if you can, if you have the insurance to go do so, you know, hopefully there are places if you don't that they have some version of a sliding scale where you can go get your health care taken care of. But please go make sure you're getting checked out. I'm getting a little bit older, so I am paying attention to that stuff a little bit more. Uh, I just scheduled a colonoscopy very, very recently and waiting for that to come through just to make sure everything is good on that end. But I want to see the rest of you around for a long time. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that we can still ride together and, 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 and be in this space together for a lot longer um, than just at the age of 60, which is profoundly young. Um, so with that said, I didn't want to end on a downer, but you got to give flowers where you can. Um, I'll say, please go check out the rest of the content that's on the feeds today. Um, go check out that Redfall interview in audio form and video form on our YouTube channel. Go youtube.com slash spawn on me. And make sure you're giving people in your in your life some love. You never know when they might not be here. So you tell them that you love them. Give them a hug. So please go do that. Please go give folks around you some good, kind words. Stamp out racism and every other ism that you can find out in the world with the power that you have and the platform that you have. Uh, and, and keep checking in on and all those folks and, and checking on us because I'll be doing some more stuff during GDC week this week. So with that said, massive amounts of love to you all. Hope to see you all very, very soon. Uh, we'll have more goodies coming down the pipeline because there are lots of other games to, to talk about. Uh, and until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, and wash your hands and wash your butt. Much love to you all. See you on the tweet. Peace.